Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 46. I am Matt O'Leary and I am joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am feeling okay. A little confused, but all right. Better? Better than I was, what what was it, two days ago? Yeah, two days ago. Yeah, I'm on board. I'm definitely feeling... A little bit better. My ideas are going. I've texted you like two pictures of my like lines <laughs> and you could see just like a bunch of cross outs and stuff like that. So I'm obviously really uh, getting back to my normal self, I guess, which is good. Yeah. Back into the swing of things. Forgotten what happened already. I didn't, but I'm, I'm repressing it severely. Yes, it's stuff deep down in there. <laughs> uh, so Mitch, it's episode number 46 What edition are we going with? We are going with the Matt Martin Get Wrecked edition Yes! So people say, like, wait a second, that wasn't his number I correct you, it was In 2009-2010, Matt Martin wore the number 46 Oh, so, okay, I didn't know that Yes, and he is back, baby, get wrecked, yes! All right, we're going to get into all that and stuff, I'm sure, coming up at some point in the show. We are going to talk about first, though, um, a potential trade the Islanders can make, but I thought you were going a different route with the number. Okay. Because I know- you think I was going with? Before we started recording, you told me not to look it up because you had a little bit of a surprise for me, but then I remembered that Matt Donovan was 46, so I thought you were just going to go okay. like complete like oh, random Islander that no one's going to really remember. But I'm I'm glad you went with Matt Martin. It's very fitting, even though he didn't wear that number for very long. But <laughs> no, he didn't. That's certainly okay. So let's get started because we do have a lot to catch up on. Actually, even though we just spoke a couple days ago, a lot's changed. Let's start with the potential of improving the defense because that is still one of the things that Lou Lamarillo has really yet to do besides bringing back Thomas Hickey. So, Mitch, your hometown team has made Eric Carlson available. Can the Islanders pull this off? Uh, I want them so desperately to pull it off, but it's seeming more and more unlikely every every day. Like I, I want to believe it's so bad, but as we're seeing it now... It seems that he favors Vegas, Dallas, 
um, any, essentially anyone else who isn't the Islanders. But the Islanders definitely have money on the table. And if he wants money, he's going to come here because they can give him the most. Well, I mean, other teams could probably give him a lot. But the Islanders clearly have at least $11 million lined up because 11.25 even because that's what they were going to give Tavares. And he didn't he didn't buy it. So we got that at least. Um, and if we're si- if we're, we're doing this now, that means the eighth year is on the table. I guess it's on the table for everyone else, but still. Yeah, because it would be a extension, no? Because once you like you yes. trade for him, and then you could extend them for eight years. Well, so yeah, so I don't know how. Yeah, it, I guess that would work as soon as he doesn't become as long as he doesn't become a free agent. I think we're fine in terms of the eight years. Yeah. Uh, someone out there will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case, and I, I think we'll be okay with that. Uh, I think the Islanders can do it. They have a need. They clearly have a need. And you add someone like Eric Carlson, and oh my God, your your second best defenseman is now Nick Letty, and that's perfect. Letty struggled, it seemed, last year. Seemed. He definitely did. Uh, he didn't struggle a few years before that on the top pair, but you, you put him on the second pair with, well, I don't know who. Anyways, doesn't even matter at this point. And it'd be all right. Like, you're insulating him. You're giving him room to skate. You know Eric Carlson could go out there and play 25, 28 minutes a night, and you'll be fine. Okay. I definitely I, – I agree with what the sentiment where you're coming with. I was under the assumption that you would want to pair Letty with Carlson, though. Why? Well, I, I don't know why you would want to do that, though, right? You you, you could, like in consolidation of, of, of firepower, but you, you might want to split up that kind of puck-moving defenseman type of thing. Where you can give Carlson twenty five to twenty eight minutes, and you can still give Letty probably twenty to twenty two minutes a night. So who are you going to, or who would you stick with him then, Hickey? I forget if he's a right or lefty. I don't personally care about right or lefties, but I know NHL coaches do. So I'm going to go and find out. Carlson's just to make righty. Sure. He's a righty, yeah. and Letty's a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So, uh, in terms of lefties, we've got quite a few of those. You could choose from Hickey, Taze, Pellick. I guess Pellick. Pellick would probably be the guy. I don't like it necessarily. I would prefer someone like Johnny Boychuk, or, or, or Johnny Boychuk two years ago, who's still maybe not as injury prone, maybe not as, as old. Uh, I would prefer that, but I think in terms of the roster as it stands now, yeah, and Adam Pellick looks all right to me. Okay. I think I could live with that. I was under the assumption that it would be Letty and Carlson together, but I guess splitting them up does make a little bit more sense as we're talking it out. I would love this. I think that you have the space now because you planned like you were going to sign Tavares. So you have, like you said, the $88 million plus contract just sitting there. You could literally white out Tavares's name and just put Eric Carlson instead. I'm just wondering what it would actually take to acquire Carlson. So, yeah, that's clearly a problem because if, if we take Carlson, then we're also bringing in well, likely we're, we're still bringing in Bobby Ryan. So we're at for this year we're bringing in fourteen million dollars worth of, of contract, which only leaves us we have nineteen point eight million dollars worth of space right now as we speak. On uh, what is it? It's Tuesday Tuesday evening, so that would leave us with five point 
Yeah. $5.859 million to still sign Brock Nelson and Ryan Pulak and even Devin Taves. That's not enough. That's not enough. No. And then that's not considering next year when Bobby Ryan is still owed $7.25 million and you're going to give Eric Carlson 11 Well, I saw something that the stars are looking like the favorite for it and that in the deal that's on the table, Bobby Ryan isn't included. Wow. So maybe you don't have to acquire Bobby Ryan. But even if you do, you can buy him out and it's only three... Million against the cap, three and change for four years, and then it goes down to one point something for the next four, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Okay, if we don't take Bobby Ryan, my God, then the ask is going to be a lot, but that's obviously going to clear some space. I'm I'm uh, glad you, you have said to that. think one of our blue chip prospects goes because I had a proposal for you that I wrote down before. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, so I had. A 2019 first, Noah Dobson, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Sebastian Ajo for Carlson, not including Bobby Ryan. Because I think if it's including Bobby Ryan, you could probably get him for get that for less. I think you could still get him for less. Keep in mind he's only oh wait, we're getting that that's assuming we're getting the eight the eight year extension out of him, right? Yeah, that this is like you're assuming yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. This isn't for yes. a rental of Eric Carlson. No, this is for uh, predetermined eight year, eight year. Or nine year Eric Carlson. Yeah, because it's the one year at six and a half, and then the eight on top of that at eleven million plus. Yeah, I like that. I, I'd be fine with that. So say that again. That's Bailey, ba- Nelson, first Dobson, Aho. I like Dobson a lot as a prospect, but if you look, where is he going to play? You already have Pulak, who's a righty. You would have Boychuk locked up for a long time still, and he's a righty. And Carlson, <laughs> for nine years, who's a righty. Where is he fitting in here? Yeah, definitely. For sure. And look, I, I love Noah Dobson as a prospect, but I, 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 know, I know what Eric Carlson could get me. On a terrible team, right? He played in Ottawa and he still did two Norris trophies, 518 points in 627 games. He also finished another two times in the, in the top two in Norris. Like, he's exactly what we need. You stick him in there and that glosses over a lot. Oh, it fixes a lot of their problems. I like that. I like that a lot. And I, I would I would give Dobson, for sure. A lot of people say no, like you don't give up your future. Well, at this moment, the Islanders don't have much of a future. They don't even have much of a present. So if you, you stick Eric Carlson in there, oh, my God, is that good. Yeah. I, I like that trade proposal a lot. Uh, I don't know if Ottawa goes for it necessarily. And even then, I'd be willing to flip in Oliver Wallstrom or Noah Dobson. One of the two, whichever one they want. They might want Dobson. I'd, Fine, I'd rather Dobson because I think Wallstrom actually has a place for uh, – on the Islanders team where Dobson would be blocked. Right. There's there's more opportunity for a forward than there is for a, a defenseman. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Although, Boychuk, I want to look at his deal right now. Obviously, he's making $6 million for the next four years. Ugh, that doesn't really dip down a lot. Like, his base salary drops like crazy um, come 2020-21. 
where he goes from $6 million to $1.25 million in base salary. But then he's still owed another $2.75 million of signing bonuses. So his total salary at that point is $4 million in 2020-21. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't see a, a Marion Hosa situation. Right, if we remember correctly, Marion Hosa retired just last year because his his salary went down to like a million dollars. Right, you're probably not going to see that with uh, Boychuk here. You're really not. No. Yeah. So Hosa went from four million dollars in total salary to a million. He had no signing bonuses. It was just straight cap or um, AAV or sorry, I guess base salary. He sorry, he just had base salary of a million dollars and went from four to one. There's no way he was coming back for that little change. He still has three years on that deal, but it's only you know it only counts for a million dollars on on the on their payroll, I guess. Right. So, um, I like we both hit on this. This would be the perfect move for the Islanders. You're going to have to give up a ton, but you probably could if you're Lou Lamarillo, and you have the most space out of anyone to extend them. And give him the money he wants. Uh, do we have the most space? Because we locked up those guys that we're going to talk about in a second. And they didn't come cheap necessarily, right? Uh, and we lost a lot of space because of that. Fifth most, sorry. Yeah, that's still a lot. That's still a lot. But Vegas, I think, has the most, don't they? Nope. It's Winnipeg, Rangers, Devils, and Hurricanes ahead of the Islanders. Oh, the Gold Knights actually have less space than we do. Right, so that's pretty good. No, probably not by much, but by about how's Vega? How's Dallas doing this? They're like high up there. Well, no, they're they're mid tier. But so the Islanders need they need 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 to do this, and obviously they, they're trying. But as we've seen with anyone in the world, they don't. He doesn't necessarily want to come here, and he's got a modified no trade clause where he can submit a ten team no trade list. What makes you think that the Islanders don't make it to that one-third of the NHL? Probably. They probably could be on there. I would say it's a it's a good chance of that happening. Um, Especially after um, Eric uh, John Tavares leaving. I said it. I said his name. Ugh. Gross. I'm mad at you. Sorry. So, we went over what it could possibly take. We went over the kind of deal. Is this the only move Lou has for defense? Or would you be okay with him bringing back DeHaan at this point? I'm okay with him bringing back DeHaan. But at, at this point, like like we've seen, was it Staple? Or, or someone like Staple anyways. It, it probably was. Where Barry Trotz and, and Lou Lamarillo seem okay with, with the defensive core they have now. It seemed like it was more of a a structural issue rather than a constitution issue, right? Like the the players that were there weren't necessarily the problem is more the way they were used. And I think you'll probably agree to that too. Like Doug Waite wasn't a really good defensive coach. No, I was going to say I buy into that. I definitely do. So bringing in Calvin Hahn sounds okay. But then when you consider, I've heard rumors where Toronto's offering him four by 20 or four by five for 20 million over four. That's a lot of money to give Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want to go that high. That'd be a lot. If he wants a stick for 4.5, do it. Do it, for sure. But once you start getting above 4.5, it starts being like, how much risk are we trying to take here? 
True, and I don't. Maybe it's just because I saw how bad the Islanders were last year, and just because it seems like it's a bunch of the same guys on that defensive core. I kind of just want a different face, just for the face. And I know that's yeah, that's a late kind of lame answer or excuse. No, no, it's not. We listen. We're the worst defense in the league. The least you can ask for is give me some change. Right. Like I, we talked about the Thomas Hickey contract a little bit during the uh, Tavares episode, but I like that deal. But again, it's like kind of you're bringing back the same guys on a defense that was already bad. I know that it probably had more to do with the coaching and the system they were running, but still like optics wise, it doesn't necessarily get me like excited right now. We'll have to see when the season starts, but I'm not really looking forward to their defense at the moment. They land Derek Carlson, different story. Yeah, of course, but that's your new face, right? You're, 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 we're still looking for that new face because even though we have new faces and maybe we can transition into those new faces now, we have them. They're still not awe-inspiring. Like, like, you, like you've said, it doesn't necessarily move the needle, which is what we're looking for. Listen, we lost an 84-point player. The needle moved back, and we're still looking for it to move forward. And it hasn't. We're looking for it to move forward with that 84-point player who shall remain nameless at this point. Um and we moved back considerably, and we still haven't gotten up a bit. We still haven't gotten up. Maybe in nets, but outside of that, no, not at all. No, definitely not. Um, so here, here's three reasons I wanted to give this out. Three reasons why Eric Carlson, Eric Carlson should come. One, the Islanders can offer him all the money he wants. I mean all, but a lot. Two, they can offer him Drew Doughty money, at the very least. They can give him eight, uh, eight by 11 easily. Um, two, we have world-class management. I know it may not seem necessarily with the, the, the few moves that he's made so far, but he is still, he's still in the Hall of Fame. We still have a Stanley Cup winning coach. Those are two things that Eric Carlson has never had in Ottawa. True. So, that there's that. And there's also the, the rebirth of this franchise. So, with John Tavares, uh, I said his name again. I can't not say his name. The player who shall remain nameless. When he left... There's this vacuum in the Islanders as in terms of a fan base and a franchise of this kind of talismanic figure at the top. And and maybe that's Barzell, but he still only had the one year. We, we're, we're a rebuilding franchise in terms of the narrative, in terms of the story, in terms of just just the attachment the fans have to the fan base. That's what's rebuilding right now. And we're trending in the right direction. We just need someone's face at the front of that. Agree. And Eric Carlson can be that guy. That's a good point. I definitely would love to have Eric Carlson be the face of my franchise for the next nine years. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Like, imagine when the new arena is open and he's there cutting the ribbon. And he's the face of, of the Islanders moving back home and ushering in this new era of, we're going back, we're going to be stable, we are now a regular NHL franchise. No more are we the laughingstock. He gets to do that, he gets to play a hand in it. What makes you think he doesn't want to do that in Ottawa right now? Like He probably wants to stay in Ottawa, but the, the owner at the top is a buffoon. And he's going, I'm not staying for that. I can't help this team. I've done everything I can on the ice. I've taken a laceration to my foot where I couldn't play anymore. Uh, I've done everything I can. I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually affect change. And who, at a place where they want me to affect change. I guess it's my blind faith in Lou. He can get it done. <laughs> Yes. 
Go Lou. All right. So speaking of Lou Lamarillo, why don't we talk about some of the players that he has brought in so far? Mitch, where do you want to start with this? I don't know if you want to go all the way back to July 1 and then work to today or today and then work backwards, however you want to go. No, let's go July 1. Let's go chronologically. Okay, so Tom, we'll start Thomas Hickey. He's back on a four-year deal for $10 million, so $2.5 million per year. He's a depth guy, so I know, again, that's not going to move the needle. He's the third-pairing defenseman. I like... Thomas Hickey for that money, though. I like it a oh. lot. It, it, do you like the term? Before I owe sarcastically? Although I already did. Do I like the term? Yeah, like the length. Four, do you like four years for Thomas Hickey? Yeah. Okay. I don't get it. I don't get it. Scott Mayfield signed five years for a reasonable cap hit for what he's worth, and you hated it. Adam Pellick, four years Reasonable cap hit for what he is, you hated it. Thomas Hickey, reasonable cap hit for what he is, you'll love it. What's the difference? What's the difference? One, I don't get it. It's four years instead of five and six. Oh, sorry. Two, Thomas Hickey is better than both Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield. <laughs> okay. That's why he's making 2.5 and they're making one point, what is it, four and 1.65? Yes, I would rather have locked up Thomas Hickey and not worried really too much about the other two. I just, to me, it seems it's too many. We've got too many. Same thing with the fours we're going to get to in a second. We have too many bottom-tier players. They're great bottom-tier players. They're good bottom-tier players, and I like them individually. We just have too many of them. Yes, this is true. I'm not arguing with that. So, I have nothing. Pelic, Mayfield, Hickey. Good players. That's three guys vying for that spot. Where the heck is Devin Tays going to fit in? The second pair with Pulak, as of right now. So that means Letty, Boychuk, Pulak, Tays, Pelic, Mayfield, Hickey. We're already at seven, and we haven't talked about like, and we have we've added nothing. Yeah, I guess that's right. We've added. That's nothing. probably their plan. Or if you're. Unless you can get Carlson, now you've got eight. What do you do with... And these guys are all on long terms. They're all going to be on long terms. Unless you get Carlson and maybe Devin Tays or Ryan Pulak are gone. I wouldn't want to trade Pulak, but let's say Devin Tays goes. Then that makes sense. Right, but then if not, then I think you're trading away some depth guys for, I don't know, picks. Something. Picks, prospect. Oh, not picks. Don't bring in picks. I don't care about picks. At this point, that's the last thing I want is picks. Why? Don't try to sell me on the future. I'm worried about the present. Okay. Um, so I I like you don't sorry, have any like who? What else do you need? What do we need? Yeah, but look, that they could that they could. Yeah, what is Thomas Hickey? What is Adam Pellick? What is Scott Mayfield yielding you in a trade? Well, that's 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 just it. I don't know. So it just it still seems that we've locked up too much at the bottom tier and I'm worried. I'm maybe not worried, I'm confused. Why are we locking up so much at the bottom? Fair question. Cuz the, the, the top is locked up cuz what Letty and Boychuk are locked up for 3 to 4 years at big money. So that that's fine, but like that's locking us into a defensive core that to be fair wasn't really good and yes, the coach was terrible at least defensively, but like 
there's no way to move around that. Maybe you could trade those those guys off because they have term. So if someone really likes them, you can trade them off and you're getting a lot because they have term. I think maybe that's the play. I guess. I don't know. I think that's you're going to see one of them move or if they like if you add another one, but if you keep the same seven that you have right now, you're just going to have Scott Mayfield be your seventh defenseman every year. Yeah, I guess so. And like I, I, I want them to be to be good. I want them to do well. I just I'm not inspired. Like you said earlier, right? It does nothing for me. It doesn't move the needle forward for me when you look at that defensive core and you're going, the newest face is Devin Tays. Great. I love Ryan Pulak. I like Letty. I think he'll bounce back. I'm not so th- I'm not so positive on, on, on Boychuk. I think he'll have an okay year. He's going to miss some time, but I just don't see him progressing. No. At, and at 34, why would he? Right? Yeah, he's not going to. Um, no. So, like, uh, whatever is going to move the needle forward is either Ryan Pulak taking big strides or Devin Tays being exactly what we think he can be. Yeah, I would hope that the younger guys on that second pair that you just mentioned would take that big step up. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, All right, let's continue along. We also had Leo Komarov and Valtteri Filpula added to the mix as well. So bottom six galore, and it it continues. We're not even (laughs) halfway through. Komarov was a... Four-year, $3 million a year deal. With a modified no-trade clause for some ridiculous reason. Yeah, that that was weird. Let's start there. Um, I like Komarov the player. I'm not super fond of the contract. Although, if you're looking at him as Nikolai Kuhlman's replacement... It's a better deal than the Kuhlman deal was because Komarov has more offensive upside. He's over a million dollars cheaper, and he's just as effective, if not slightly more effective, on the penalty kill. Right, but Kuhlman was still bad at the penalty penalty kill two years ago, and even when he whenever he played this year. And we're only saving one point one eight seven five million dollars on the cap with from Kuhlman's hit. I fail to see how this is a good thing. And I, I, I don't already want to be critical, but I just I look at this and I go, this is a good fourth-line player if we needed a fourth-line player, and we didn't. We already had a good fourth line. Ross Johnson, Casey Zekas, Cal Clutterbuck. That was a good fourth line. You toss in a Steven Gianta whenever you need to, or Steve Bernier, I'm sure, is still kicking around somewhere, or someone else, Tanner Fritz, someone else to throw in on the fourth line. Perfect. What's the problem? But then we added three guys to the fourth line, essentially, and we added how much How much does this work out? 5.5 plus 2, that's $6.25 million. Not even $6.5 million. No, 6.25, sorry. $6.25 million on new fourth line players. That's insane. Uh, are you including Philpula in the mix for the fourth line players? Yeah, Komarov, Philpula, and Matt Martin we haven't spoken about yet. Um, I think Philpula is going to be the th- on the third line. I don't see him as a fourth line guy. Okay, okay. I hope I hope he can produce. That's that's all I'm worried about. Anyway, speaking about Komarov, because that's who we're at. 
the best he's ever done is 36 points in the NHL. That was like two years ago. So he's got the potential. His face-off ratio isn't great at 49.2%. And like you said, he's a good two-way player. So, like, I just... I don't know, man. Like, they're going to compete for spots on the fourth line with Komarov, Martin, and... Um, I guess Komarov is there to replace Cal Clutterbuck, essentially. He's going to be his competition, right? Maybe. I saw it brought up somewhere on Twitter. Forgive me, I can't remember who said it, but... It might have been Daniel Freeman said that he thinks uh, Clutterbuck's going to be traded now. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. Right? Like, you bring in a guy who's probably going to produce more than Cal Clutterbuck, who almost hits as much, right? He's got 219 hits last year. Yes. Although Clutterbuck can, can, can reach 365. He's younger. Clutter is how much? Is how old? 30, 31? Whereas Komarov is 28? I believe that's correct. I think it's 31 for Clutterbuck. And probably like 29, 30 for Komarov. And Komarov is... He's 31. Yeah, never mind. They're both the same age, apparently. Yeah. So, that doesn't really do anything. But Komarov does have that upside. Like, he put up... Actually, Komarov is a year older. Cal is 30 years old. He'll turn 31 in November. I like Komarov's upside offensively. Yeah. So maybe that's that's why. Maybe that's it. Cal Clutterbuck gets traded. That makes sense. That makes sense. Why not at this point? Like, we obviously have too many. We have too many. Yeah, and as we continue to go on and talk about these fourth and third line players that we'll get to... I do think that this proves that there is going to be another move, and I think one, if not maybe two, of these guys are going to end up getting moved. Okay. So next on the list is Valtteri Filippola from, he was from Philadelphia. Like you said, he's got a $2.75 million deal for this year with a no-move clause, which is ridiculous. Um, He put up 42 points last year, which is what I wrote, although... I'm not sure about that. It was 42 okay. in 16, 17, and 33 in 17, 18. There it was, two years ago. Um, he was 51.2% on his faceoffs in his career. That's pretty good. Um, and he's, again, a good two-way player. I think if he can give you 30 to 35 points and be a good two-way player, that's okay uh, for a third-line center at $2.75 million. That's true. That's true. Because what did um, Benino do for what's the, what's they're called? Nashville. Because he signed a big deal, didn't he? It was like $4.5 million or even maybe a little bit less than that. What's his contract at? $4.1 million he signed in Nashville. And he put up 25 he's points. One. Yeah. So if we can get him to play on our – not him, but if we can play, like you said, Valtteri Filippola to put on the third line – and he puts up 30 to 35 points. We're okay. At 2.75. Right. For That's the thing. Like, one, it's a one-year deal. So, again, if he's bad, I know there's a no-move clause, which I think is dumb. But even if he's bad, at the end of the year, you just part ways with him. It's over with. Mm-hmm. And I think that there can be a little bit of upside where if he gives you 30 to 35 points and is good in both ends and wins over 50% of the face-offs, you take it. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, the only worry here now is what the heck do we do at the center position? Right, like now that that still means that Brock Nelson is theoretically our second line center, and I don't like that at all. I don't. I'm gonna say this, and I don't think you're gonna like it. Oh no, Beauvillier. Oh, I don't mind that so much. I I thought you were very anti Beauvillier playing center. I like him at the wing. I prefer him at the wing. Do I prefer him over Brock Nelson at center? Absolutely. I would much rather have Anthony Beauvillier at center than I would Brock Nelson. I think Brock Nelson's a better winger, much a much better winger. I'm on the I'm on board with you. I think I still think Brock Nelson ends up getting traded. So how I would want the Islanders second line to look as of right now, because I think I would rather trade for a defenseman than a second line center. If I had to choose one or the other, I would roll Bellows, Bo, Hosang, or Bellows, Bo, Bailey. I guess. Either one of those. Right. Yeah, I don't mind that so much. That sounds like a pretty good second line. Right. So I don't... Th- like, well, I do... Could be. I do think that, like, mentioning the second line center as a need, I think, is completely fair, and I get where it's coming from. But if you put Beauvillier there, I think it could be okay. Not great. It's not going to be like what it was last year, but it could be... No, he's not going to put up 85 points. No, it's going to be a serviceable second line and if they're better defensively then I think they can get by with that yeah absolutely um, and then Kunakel they added to which I think he's just going to be the 13th forward yeah pass like I don't I don't even know if he makes the NHL roster no nope. does he have a one way deal or a I think he deal? has a one way deal thought I saw on Cap Friendly that his number was green, which usually indicates that it's a two-way. Yeah, it is green, so let's click on him. It is a two-way deal. Okay. So, yeah. He probably plays in the AHL. Probably, and... Okay, sure. Like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That, that's how I feel. Like, if he's a 13th forward or plays in the AHL, either way, whatever. That's how I feel about him. Right. Then... Let's get to today. Finally, we talked a little bit about the past. Today was a little bit better. Yes. Uh, yes, it was. First, we have a reunition. Is that a word? Reunition? Reunion? A reunion. There you go. Jeez, I got I to gotta give you the English words, the French guy? My goodness. <laughs> a reunion from Matt Martin. He is back. The Islanders trade He's back, baby. Eamon McAdam. So the potential is there to the fourth, the best fourth line in hockey could return. Now remember, he is making $2.5 million for the next two years. So again, that's just more money thrown into that bottom six and fourth line more specifically. But he's a fan favorite. I love him on and off the ice. I think he's a really good guy and a really good person and again I like him as a player my one concern was there's too many people here so someone has to go yeah no and, and I think that's what you alluded to earlier where there has to be a trade made because he there there we have too many players within that bottom six role we have too many it just we, we can't keep them um, I, I love bringing back Matt Martin look he played with us uh, he started in 09 10 and then he 
his first full year in 10-11, played 68 games, 14 points, and never really deviated from that. Like, he put up 11 points in the lockout shortened year with 48 games. So he could have put up 22 points that year, which would have been a career high for him. But on that, 14, 14, 19 points. Like, the guy is going to be good for 14 points if you give him the, the same amount of ice time, which was like 10 to 11 minutes on the fourth line. And you let him roll with those two other guys, Casey Zekas and Cal Clutterbuck. This guy's going to get you 14, 15 points. Yeah, and he brings that physical presence, and I really think it rejuvenates Cal Clutterbuck and Casey Sezikis because we saw really how effective that line was when the three of them were going together. They were probably the Islanders' second-best line behind the Tavares line. Um, so I hope that that ends up being the line. I know it's going to be expensive. It's not the same Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin inexpensive line from a three, four years ago, it's a lot more expensive now. But if Sezikis and Clutter are more effective because of the return of Martin, then I'm all on board for this. Yeah, like, okay, so two years ago, Matt Martin put up 19 points. Now, two years ago, what did Casey Sezikis put up when he was still there? I thought it was like 29 points, I think it's exactly 29 that's insane. That's a career and high for him, too. Casey Zekas, not Casey, sorry. Cal Clutterbuck had 15 goals. No, close to it. He had a lot. I think I think he had 12 goals that year. Yeah, two years ago, Casey Zekas, 29 points. Eight goals, 21 assists. 21s, 21 assists. That's great. From a fourth line? That's insane. I, I was right. Cal Clutterbuck had 23 points, 15 goals. That's insane from a fourth line. You do that all day. If you can get that jiving again, you do that every day. Every day. And look, you're paying them a lot. You are. That's fair. What's 2.5 plus 3.35 plus 3.5? That's $9.35 million for your fourth line. That's a lot. It is. Divided by 79. 9.35 divided by 79. That's 11, 12% of the cap on your fourth line. It is a lot, but I think you can get away with it for now with Beauvillier and Probably Bellows and Barzal on their entry level contract. So now's the time when you Barzell take advantage isn't of it. Even making, he's not even making the, the 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 max for a rookie or for an ELC. The max for an ELC right now is nine two five. He's making eight six three. That's insane. That is nuts, and you better take advantage of it the next two years. Oh, this just broke as we were on the air. Calvin DeHaan has landed in Carolina. Four years, eight point eighteen point two million dollars. Do you know why I'm smiling right now? Why is that? Justin. I don't know Falk. why you're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So he's gonna make four point five five million dollars, which is just over what I thought he should more than I said go for it. Just just leave. So I'm glad. Um so yeah, Calvin Ahan gone to Carolina to go play at Dougie Hamilton, I guess. Good luck. That's an interesting top pair, probably. Yeah, like that doesn't sound like a bad top pair. You got a guy who's going to put up 15 goals and however many assists, and then you got you know re- like reasonable Calvin Ahan back there to help him out. That's a, and then it's mobile. I don't mind it. Uh, so then I really think that makes folk expendable. No, I feel like I beat this over the head, yeah, but like, I, I think so. 
Come on. I, this is just the stars are aligning here. Can we not see that it's like <laughs> there's a big neon sign with arrows pointing to take Justin Folk. Just take him. Somebody please trade for him. And yeah. I would take that. I would sign up for that. He, he has two more years left at $4.8 million. That's reasonable for a guy who can get you 50 points. And he's I'm obviously he's not Eric Carlson, but he is an offensive defenseman. I think it would he's not going to be a face of your franchise, but I think it rejuvenates that defensive core. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, I I would be interested in that and that's besides Carlson, which I think is the clear number 1, then that's my second plan, Falk. Yeah, number two, Justin Falk sounds fair to me. I like that for sure. Um, I forgot even where we were because that threw me off. We had one more to go, and that was the goalie. goalie. Thank you, Robin Leonard on a beauty of a deal, Mitch. Oh, yes. A beautiful contract, one year, one point five million dollars. That's oh, if it works out, if it works out. Even if it doesn't, it's a $1.5 million. True. Yeah, that's true. It's nothing. We were giving Grice, or not Grice, but Hickey, uh, Hickey Halak, $4.5 million. We saved $3 million. Right. And he made $4 million, he being Leonard, made $4 million last year. Yeah. So I think when free agency was going to be uh, setting to start, he was a restricted free agent. So the thought process here normally was that the Islanders were going to have to trade for him and then extend him, right? When he right. was the initial one of the targets. And we were thinking three or four million, maybe four and a half million in that range. And I got him for 1.5 on a one year deal. Yeah. Because Buffalo didn't want to give him a qualifying offer. Yeah. Sign me up for that any day of the week. I know he had a down year last year, but you're getting a starting goalie at $1.5 million. And just two years ago, he had a 924 save percentage. Yeah. And just last year, so not 2017-18, 2016-17, he did a 920, 920 save percentage and 2.68 goals against average in 59 games played. He played 59 games. That's good. It's not great. He's not going to win you a Vesna with a 2.68 goals against average. But that's going to win you more games than whatever Halak and Grice put up at, at, at over three goals against per game. Right, but with the Islanders' offense, they should still be able to be good enough with that. That's You're letting in less than three goals a game. You're already in a better position to win, whereas with the Islanders, you had to score more than four goals to win. And I think that with the defensive structure change that... Leonard's goals against average would is going to slightly drop, too. Yeah. Um, there was one thing. There was even in a down year. There was something I wanted to bring up. We like to look at advanced stats sometimes. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to admit and say that I'm like a Corsi expert or anything like that. But Mitch, I think you'll be interested in this. So mm-hmm. high danger save percentage. Mm-hmm. He had a better high danger save percentage than. Marc-Andre Fleury, Braden Holpe, Matt Murray, and Roberto Luongo last year. Beauty. Beauty. That's amazing. 
I know, I know you tweeted that out from our account, and we caught some shade for that. For some reason, people are like, well, that's because he had the most. Actually, that's not true. He was the 23rd ranked in terms of high danger chances against. So the number of times there was a high danger chance given up by his team while he, Robin Leonard, was on the ice for all 53 games he played, he was ranked 23rd in the NHL. Okay, and that argument is stupid, by the way, that, well, he had the most. Because you would think the more times there's going to be high danger scoring opportunities, yeah, there's going to be less likely you're going to stop the puck. Yeah, you're going to let in more frequently. Right. The the less high danger chances you have, the higher your high danger save percentage is going to be. That that makes yeah. zero sense at all. Yeah, exactly. I don't get it. But I really like this signing. I know he's a little bit of a psychopath. I was watching some of his, his videos. <laughs> um, I did, if you read my article, I embedded uh, a picture in it too of him just looking insane. Um, yeah. I, I, There's the whole conspiracy theory against Buffalo that he said once Matthew Barzell scored on him in overtime. What was that? You don't remember that? No. So it was last year, obviously, because Matthew Barzell was playing, and we were playing, obviously, the Buffalo Sabres. And I think they were up, let's say, 4-3 in the third period. And then I forget who scored, but someone scored near the end of the game. I think it was like empty net type thing. The Islanders scored to tie it up 4-4, bringing it to overtime. And then Matthew Barzell had one of these highlight reel goals taking it coast-to-coast and scored on them. And obviously the Islanders won 5-4. I I assume the score was 5-4 or something like that. And in the dressing room later, he was saying, because the the goal was a contentious goal that they had scored to tie it up. And so he was alluding to the fact that the refs got it wrong and there's a conspiracy against Buffalo. Because there was that, and there's also some sort of football decision that was done at the same time against the Buffalo uh, Bills. Maybe not at the same time, but at least that year. Okay. So look that up, all, all you peeps. It was it was an interesting part last year. So maybe he'll bring back the Islanders conspiracy where everyone hates the Islanders, which isn't really a conspiracy. It's fact. It is a fact. I don't know why you used the word conspiracy there, but uh, I was trying to be funny, and it didn't it didn't play off at all. I I think there's some upside here. There's a very absolutely it's a low risk, high reward type of contract. Absolutely. At worst, you're getting a 908-301 save percentage goalie. That's exactly what Halak got you last year. I understand it doesn't it, that that type of uh, of of stat line might not move the needle forward, but it's not moving it backwards. There's more potential to move it forward to a 920 save percentage or a 924 save percentage. Right, and again, hopefully with better defensive structure and a better coaching staff, Thomas Grice bounces back and is a capable backup. Yeah, he can play 30 games and, and do well. Which I think he can. I think last year was the outlier year. I yeah. don't know if he's ever going to go back to how he was in that ridiculous playoff run, but I just <laughs> I think he could be a capable to good backup. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's keep it moving along, Mitch. Let's talk about some players who left besides JT, obviously. Uh, we lost Euros. You said his name. I said his initials. Oh, whatever. The implication is there. It's like Mordor. You can't say Mordor, even though I just said it. Dang it. What is that? Some uh, Lord of the Rings thing? Oh, my God. Have you not seen Lord of the Rings, Matt? No, I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. 
What kind of rock do you live in? Under. Around. You don't have access to movies? I watch or- sports, Mitch. I'm not oh. playing World of Warcraft and looking at Star Wars stuff. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Oh, just because I played Dungeons and Dragons growing up doesn't mean I wasn't cool. I very much wasn't cool. <laughs> this is why I love you, Mitch. <laughs> I was a nerd. Magic. I have magic cards framed on my wall. Did you see that? Look at that. There's a frame here. And these are all the magic cards that I have left because I sold them all off. These are the ones that I kept because they're worth something and mean something to me. That's how nerdy I am. I framed magic cards in my studio. What is, I'm not familiar with the magic card. That's probably, it should be a whole nother podcast episode. So we might have to put that on. (laughs) Why Mitch is a loser. (laughs) Save that one for August when nothing's going on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we lost Yaroslav Halak signs with Boston to back up Tuka Rask. I think that's a really good contract for them. Yeah. Jog on. I don't even care. Screw him. (laughs) Uh, Alan Quine goes to Calgary. Okay. That's interesting. That'll be fun for him. How come? You think he plays? I think he plays. Yeah, on their fourth line. Like, that's a good team. Calgary's going to be a good team next year. Now that we don't have their picks, I don't necessarily care about them, but I think they're going to be a good team. And so he goes in on that fourth line. I think he's going to enjoy it. Okay. We'll see how he how he does there. Uh, probably, like you yeah. said, a, four, a fourth line kind of guy. Uh, Kuhlman leaves for the KHL officially. Yeah, that's kind of sad how it ended, but it needed to happen. And then finally, Calvin DeHaan has broke while we were on the podcast. He is going to Carolina. So thanks, Calvin, because you probably just helped us secure Justin Folk, which I've been talking about for three months now. And... Uh, yeah. Am I missing anybody else? I think I l- talked about everybody. I think that's everyone. That So there's still players who need deals, like Nelson, Pulak, Taze, Johnson still need deals at this point that are of any importance. I'm sure there's other players on the team that, that need deals that are either UFAs or RFAs, but these are the consequential ones. Okay. Um, I'm still holding out hope right, like, that... Sorry, I forgot to mention Kyle Burrows. Just because there's only one player left, that's the only I wanted to mention. Him. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would have forgotten about him too. So I'm glad that you brought that up. <laughs> For good reason. Um, I think Pulak obviously is the most important. I'm still holding out hope that Brock is a part of a trade. I'm sure he will be. Him and another bottom six forward as a part of some sort of deal. Yeah, it has to be. Like, there's no reason not to. Like, he's the only guy that they have left that's of any value that they don't need or don't we shouldn't need. Yeah, I, I does he? Yeah, he does have value as a winger. I think he does. Like he still he can still get you twenty goals and forty to forty five points. Someone will want that. I know a lot of people on Twitter say like, oh, Nelson and Hosang doesn't have any. Uh, Trade value, but I, I disagree with that. I think if you package it correctly, they could get something back. Absolutely, someone's gonna want those guys. Someone's gonna want them. Um, do we have anything else on players who left? Any other parting words or anything? No, peace out. I hope you guys do well. Um, especially Dehan, that kind of sucks. Probably could have used them, but that opens the door for us to acquire someone better. Then Dahan, not saying that 
Dahan was bad, he was probably going to be like the third or fourth best defenseman on our team. Um, but you know, it gives us an opportunity to, to, to look for something else and give you, like you're saying that new face. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I'm just happy that he didn't go, uh, to Toronto actually, just because I, I couldn't, I can't deal with them anymore. Still going to see him four to five times a year, but you know, whatever. Yeah. I know that it's kind of weird saying that I, I'm happy that he went to a division opponent instead of a team that's not in the division, but with these circumstances, I think that's kind of why. Yeah. Um, Want to get into the social stuff, Mitch? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about positivity on social media for this week. It was rare and hard to find, but there was some stuff. I bet. So it was, I believe, on Monday after, obviously, we saw the Tavares picture after he signed. Said his name again. I'm sorry. Uh, After he signed, so... It resurfaced from when Ryan Pulak was drafted, and when he had his first practice, he tweeted out a picture of a young Ryan Pulak, who probably still shot 90 miles an hour, in a New York <laughs> Islanders jersey. Shoot cannons. So good on Pulak for rocking that Islanders jersey as a kid. I don't know. That just brought a smile to my face. Like, yeah, The last few days were kind of tough, so to see that, it was like, Resurface. I know it was an old tweet, but that made me feel a little bit better. We needed that. We definitely needed that. Uh, it would have been nice if a lot of the players had done that, done something like that. Even if they had like superimposed it with Photoshop, it would have been fun. Um, but no, that's a good move. It was, was kind of weird. Like, why did a guy from Donfei, Manitoba, have an Islanders jersey? I, which I kind of looked into because I, I get that question a lot. Going, how is there a guy in Ottawa that cheers for the New York Islanders? Uh, I know I'm not the only one. I've met a few of you at malls and such when I've when you've seen me wear my Islanders shirt, um, and it's because Danny Danny Potvin is from where I live. So I thought, okay, well, um, Butch Goring must be from close by, and he's not. Fl- like Butch Goring is from Flin Flon, Manitoba, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ryan Pulak is from Dofe, Manitoba, and there's a six-hour drive between it, like a 560-kilometer drive between the two. That's far. How many miles is that? Because our entire know, our like, entire yeah. audience has no idea how far that is. <laughs> uh, Five hundred sixty. I think it's divided by two point two. That's uh, two hundred fifty four miles. Okay, yeah, that's pretty far, give or take. It's pretty far. Yeah, it's a far trip. Yeah. Uh, so, but like when you only have one player that's close to that who's had a, a successful career, that makes sense. That's true. So I there's a big a bit of a mystery why he was in and out of this jersey, but it was still pretty nice to see. And I wish he retweeted that at like that picture out. That would have been such more of like a uh, I don't even know what the right word for it would be, but it would be almost like a rivalry almost. Like an anti troll move, right? Yeah. Like you're not trying to troll anyone. Yeah, I guess he'd be trolling Tavares at that point. I said his name. Dang it. I can't not say his no, name. It, it's it's gonna happen. There's a jersey Right here with his name looking at me. God. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about from social media was from today. Matt, when Matt Martin was traded, both he being Matt and his now fiance, Cindy Esiason, who was a very popular girlfriend uh, at the time when he was here in his first stint, they were both ecstatic to be coming to Long Island. And 
again, after the events that transpired this week, felt really good to see people really happy and genuinely excited to come back to Long Island and to play for the Islanders. How about Casey Zekas uh, Instagramming the picture of the three of them, Sezikas, Clutterbuck, and Matt Martin celebrating and just being ecstatic that his buddy's back. That's what we needed. We needed that bad. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I really loved that line when it was together. They were they were a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm hoping that it's some it's semblance. It's just the, the, like the, the general positivity was what yeah. we needed. No, 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 definitely. And I know, like, yeah, sure, if you want to, in the grand scheme of things, like, they have a million fourth-line guys. Why are they trading for Matt Martin? But I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see... Like someone who's genuinely happy about going to the New York Islanders and who someone who wants to be here. Exactly. Did you have anything for I the actually, social segment, Mitch? I had one thing, and it's from the Eamon twenty two. Um that was posted today, saying Barry Trotz got paid, but he has to be regretting taking this job. I don't think so. Yeah, he got paid and that's ultimately what he wanted, but I think he looks forward to this saying, like, this is going to be a challenge. He obviously knows what Lou was looking for because there's no way they make these moves and he wasn't okay with it. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does with this team. I th- I don't think he regrets it. I think he looks at it as an opportunity and as a challenge. Uh, maybe it's not a challenge he wanted per se. Uh, although, no, I think I think it's it has to be. They must have discussed exactly what they're going to do with this team and how Lou is going to go, even with Tavares around. Yeah, I I think so. And look, he's here. He signed a five-year deal, so it's not like he's going to walk out the door after a year. He's here for the foreseeable future, so I think he wants to see this thing through. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to have a Stanley Cup winning coach behind the bench for once. Like The competence level of this team has has grown exponentially just because of him being Agreed, and I don't think Lou Lamarillo is done yet. I don't think we're anywhere close to what the roster is going to look like in October, so... I guess the overall theme that I wanted to pump out for this episode was just chill a little bit for right now with the, all the free agent Keep stuff. The faith. Yeah. Like, calm it down for a second, pump the brakes. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's give it. Let's give it a sec to shake out. Let's see what happens. All right, Mitch. Anything else you wanted to go over? No, that's it. Looking forward to see what else comes out. Obviously, like I want. I want Ek. I want Ek bad. Maybe we'll have to do yet another emergency podcast this week. (laughs) (laughs) We would have to. We would have to if he gets signed. I definitely think so. Uh, So let's get some public service announcements out of the way. Um, Do it. Be sure to follow along with us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. We are also on Facebook, so please give us a like there as well. Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Always go to the website for all things New York Islanders. Download the app on either Android or iPhone, the Eyes on Isles app, and you get push notifications anytime something is published. And also, if you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, if you could like, rate, review, all that stuff. It really helps with our searchability and helps us put out more content for you guys too. And we really appreciate all the support and stuff. We actually, this week especially, there's a lot of support being thrown around in a very down week. So I just want to say that meant a lot to definitely me and I'm sure you as well, Mitch. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so this has been episode number 46 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We'll catch you next week. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.